ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's edition of the Lashing Out Podcast from the Esports Now Network. He's Kevin. I am Jared. Kevin, my friend, it's time to talk about crab cakes in football. We've reached that point in our season preview. Yeah, hold on. Let me put my old bay down, and we're going to get ready for uh, Talia's 11th game ever against Penn State. Um, 11-4 in College Park, Maryland. Kevin, does this mean that you joined the Old Bay cult? Uh, it does not. Okay. I've been getting in the, it's helping me get in the mood of previewing, getting excited for this uh turtle soup that we could be cooking up. Yeah, we talked about um Old Bay last week, but it's just one of those situations where this is not going to be a Maryland team like Penn State has seen before. Tagovailoa is is a very good quarterback. Mike Lossley is doing a very good job at the University of Maryland. I think they've got things on the right track. I think they're going to turn some heads. Um, that to me doesn't mean that Penn State's going to to lose, but it, I do think that it's going to be a much tougher fight than what we're typically used to uh, for Maryland and Penn State. But at the same time, you know this is you're coming off of a serious game. This could be the one that, that you got to worry about more than anything. Yeah. We talked about it last week after the Ohio state game, they're going to be home. Penn state's going to be home against Indiana. And then they're going on the road to Maryland. Uh, there's a lot of chatter or a lot of hope in the pen in the Maryland fandom that, you know, maybe they can go nine and three. A lot of people are thinking eight and four, but maybe they can go nine and three. Um, they play Ohio state, Penn state, and Michigan. I would assume they're counting those probably as their three losses and the rest of their schedule. They got Michigan state. Uh, they're going to play the rest of the big 10 East. So Loxley is doing his thing. It's, it seems like the pro the program that's next up. And it seems like it's been the program that's been, that's going to be next up for the last like five years or so. Uh, but they did go out this year. They added two transfer wide receivers, one from FIU and Tyrese chambers and one from West Virginia and Caden Prather. Went out and tried to build the offensive line um, through trans through the transfer portal as well. One from Frostburg State and one from North Carolina Central. So really going into the depth of college football, trying to find some guys who are ready to play. And really, I mean, Toledo needs to be protected. I, last year, Penn State blanked them 30 to nothing. So uh, it's hard to win games if you don't outscore your opponent. Um Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty well said, Kevin. Uh Yeah, you do kind of have to score more than the opponent if you want to win. Um, but Penn State has handled Maryland pretty easily over the course of their tenure in the Big Ten, say for a few a few years, uh, a few missed handshakes. But, you know, this is a Penn State team that should be hungry at that point in the season. Not saying that Maryland won't be, not saying that the Terps aren't going to be fired up to host Penn State. It's going to be a big crowd, probably one of the bigger ones that they will have this year. Um, so that is going to be a factor on both sides of the football. I don't think that's anything to, to quite worry about at Penn State. I've been to this stadium before and I love I love this stadium. It's kind of the press box sits high atop the stadium. It's a it's a unique place to watch a game. They got that big, big old turtle um in the end zone, which is kind of neat. And obviously Kevin Planks put some serious under armor money into the university and the athletic department as well. But I think this is a this is a game where Penn State has to come out of it healthy, keep doing what they're doing at this time, um, and really focus on on what's going to be the, the later part of the season uh, because things are going to start heating up for them yet again. 
for sure, because you get a tune. You have to you come off the Ohio State game to go to the Indiana game. You have Maryland, like we're talking about. Then the next week they're going to Michigan. So I hesitate to say IU and Maryland are going to be get right games, but Penn State all the time is forty two three and one against Maryland. Uh, it's their second highest win percentage against any opponent that they've ever played. Uh, more than you know, just a couple games here and there. Uh, the the best win percentage all time is against Rutgers. So there's that. But Maryland, they want they want to be Penn State's rival in the Big Ten. They came in from what the Big East or the ACC, ACC, ACC. Maryland was ACC. Yeah. Uh, Rutgers was the Big East. Yeah, Maryland comes in from the ACC. They're looking for a rival in the Big Ten. Penn State, as the crow flies, is probably what ninety miles from college park 100 miles from college park is the crow yeah, it's flies, a nice so. it's a nice young trip or a nice short trip yeah so geographically it makes sense penn state's reviving these geographic rivals in maryland and pitt they're trying to so maryland's itching it for it to be a rivalry but and unfortunately until you actually start winning games on both sides it's not really a rivalry so maryland always comes out hungry against penn state first quarter second quarter especially Maryland's going to be throwing punches, and if Penn State can survive the blows early, I think you know you end up just crippling morale at that point in time because they haven't had much success against the program at all. So they they are going to come out swinging. They are going to be itching, and you know they could be coming into the game one loss. They really, I mean, the only game iffy that they have on their schedule, obviously, they're probably going to lose against Ohio State, but they're on the road at Michigan State. So I mean, they could be coming into the seat into this game with only one, maybe two losses. And people want them to go nine and three. They got Michigan after that. So, you know, they're they're gonna be itching to for success at that time. They could be climbing the rankings too. Right. And the, you know, the good news for Penn State is the Big Ten has deemed them as as truly unrivaled. So they don't technically have a rival. Obviously, you know, you look at the regional stuff, and we're gonna talk about regional uh rivalries and, and regional setups here in the second segment. But yeah, I mean, you just gotta come come in and take care of business because after after that, you mentioned they host uh, Michigan at noon, big noon game. So that game should take about six and a half to seven hours um, because it's on Fox and the big noon production is typically long. Then they wrap up the season with Rutgers and Michigan State. So, I mean, this is, uh, you know, this is one of those games where you just got to go in, take care of business and come out healthy. If they're able to do that, I think that's a great situation. And that's exactly what they need. Because again, they could be into into this game, you know, seven and one, eight and one, or eight and zero, oh, if things go well. And that's a situation where now, if if you're you control your own destiny in those situations, so you got to go out and take care of business each and every day if they're healthy and and stay healthy. And that's you know the hope for the Nittany Lions, and I think that is ultimately possible. There's a very good chance they could go into Maryland undefeated or with one loss. So a lot can happen, obviously, throughout the course of a year, but this is a this is another one of those big games as camp or I'm not sorry as as the season kind of rolls down. Yeah, and if they are no losses, the Michigan game obviously is is first spot in the Final Four. If they're at one loss, they're still vying for. They're kind of more on the outside looking in, but you would have to win the Michigan game the following week. So this is going to be a game where. The week leading up, James Franklin is going to have to like the one and zero mantra is going to have to dominate things. Like we are not looking past Maryland, we are going to go to College Park and we're going to take care of business. I was saying that as uh, James Franklin, not as me being a we of the team. Um, but yeah, this is going to be 
it's almost a it's almost a trap game. Like two weeks removed from Ohio State, the first road trip since you go to Columbus, and then the next week you got Michigan, which is going to decide the season whether or not they beat Ohio State. Uh, obviously, if they beat Ohio State and they're rolling into the Michigan game undefeated, potentially, that's even more impactful. But Michigan, the Michigan game is going to be the deciding factor in the season, and they're just going to have to stay focused. So, yeah, I mean that's the that's the thing. There's so much that could be at stake. Obviously, it's it's way too early to tell what that is actually going to be. I don't have a time machine to to know. Obviously, you, you hope that they're that the Big Ten East. Um, spot in the Big Ten Championship is still available at that point in time. Um, so Penn State can get back to to Indianapolis where they were at in 2016. And this this team has a lot of similarities uh, to that one. St- stud running back, solid tight ends, good receivers, and an incredible defense. But, you know, anything, anything is possible in college football. But we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back to talk a little bit more about college football as a whole when we come back for this second segment of the Lashing Out podcast on the Esports Now Network. Out podcast on the Esports Now Network. I am Jared. He is Kevin. Kevin, there's some talk about expansion. The Pac-12 is going through some of a lot of emotions, a lot of craziness. They don't have a media rights deal right now. They keep saying on the Twitter sphere or the X sphere, I guess is what it's called now, or what have you, that there are no, that they might be at on Apple Plus. They might be or Apple TV, I should say. They might be on this. They might be on that. They have nothing uh, as of right now that's set in stone. They keep saying this will happen. This will happen. Well, they are continuing to lose members. They lost Colorado, which obviously, like, if you look at the grand scheme of things, Colorado never really accomplished much in the Pac-12, but Colorado went back to the Big 12. Um, Obviously, they're losing USC, UCLA, Oregon, Washington. They've both been rumored um, to be heading to the Big 10. There was a report out Earlier today, and I and you sent me this. I think it's Washington, Oregon, Florida State, and Clemson that are rumored to be heading to the Big Ten, um, and that would be a wild situation. Yeah, so let's just talk about the the actual comp, the imminent conference realignment that's going to happen. Colorado's left the Big Twelve, or left the Pac twelve for the Big Twelve, which I think is great. Dion starting a brand new program, basically there because that program's going to be. Was in ruins last year. We'll see what it looks like this year. Starting to fresh in the conference where Texas and Oklahoma are leaving out. So Colorado has a chance to really be the big dog in that conference. Then you look, USC and UCLA are gone. They're going to the Big Ten. What's left in the Pac-12? You got Arizona, Arizona State, Oregon, and Washington. It's pretty much your main big programs. Um, Arizona, Arizona State are already rumored to be following Colorado over to the Big 12. Uh I think Apple, anybody, Apple TV, ESPN, anybody would be an absolute fool to sign a TV deal with a Pac-12 right now. Why Why would you? Half the, the only good teams or the only big brands left in the conference, and that's saying something because all of the massive brands that have left are all on the rumor trail of leaving the conference. So I think anybody, any TV executive would be stupid. Uh, who knows? They might end up like Live Golf on the CW or uh, the Bush series in NASCAR. Um, so find that find that channel on your local TV guide. I, I I can tell you I don't know where that channel is, but we'll see where that goes. Maybe they end up uh, paying for a YouTube production like Liv did there for a bit too. So, um, yeah, the Pac-12 is 
is losing people and it looks like they could lose more. I do believe Jack McGuire from Barstool Sports had that report of the team's rumor to join the Big Ten. Um, like you said, Oregon, Washington, Clemson, and Florida State. Uh, one of the, probably the funniest tweet I saw about that was uh, Jack McGuire probably has is as much of a reporter as I am a superhero, and the guy is obviously not a superhero. Uh, so a little bit of fun humor in there. But, man, you want to talk about four good brands to join the Big Ten? Those probably the four brands I would want right now. Yeah, I mean, you kind of look at it, and Clemson is the big – they are the brand of the ACC as far as football is concerned. Basketball, not so much, but for football, 100%. And that's – I mean, let's be real. The media rights is coming straight from football right now. And, you know, you look at Oregon, they've got Nike money. And obviously that's the upper Northwest, um, and that is a market that the Big Ten is not in regularly right now. Washington, I think, would be a great fit as well if you're going to have that because I think you have to have two play two two programs or uh, two schools in the same area geographically, which makes sense um, if you're going to do something like this. Arizona and Arizona State to the to the Big Twelve would be phenomenal. I think that's a really great fit geographically. It's not too far out of the way um, logistically, but it also I think fits their talent level and their in their for their programs, both on a basketball front and uh, a football front. Um, but you look at Clemson, they are the the go-to in the ACC. Florida State has had its ups and downs, um, of course. But again, you're adding a really good baseball and, and or not, well, baseball too, but um, basketball and football program. So you add those two. And then what's, what's the ACC going to do? And the ACC's media rights deal is tied up through I think 2036 so I think any ACC team that leaves they don't get an, the entire cut um, of their media rights deal so until that expires which is good for the ACC but you know if they're talking about the type of like the type of money that could be th- thrown around by the Big Ten that money might not matter so it's going to be interesting to see how this goes but you know that in and of itself, you add Florida State, you add Clemson. That's a that's a Florida market. That's a South Carolina market. It's you're now you've got Florida, you've got the the Northeast, you've got you would have the Northwest, you have um, the Pacific Coast with USC and UCLA, and then you, obviously you've got Detroit, and you've got all these big time media markets um, in the Big Ten, and I think that's exactly that's exactly by design. But Kevin, if there are some other teams that you would want to add who would they be and why uh i honestly not to cop out i like the four that you have i think jordan travis is we talk about penn state having a breakout year potentially going undefeated florida state and jordan travis are probably right up there with uh the potential of penn state i mean we could see like both of those teams missing the playoff this year meeting up in the orange bowl or something like i would 100 percent like two 11 and one teams both miss out on their conference championship game face it off and you get uh jordan travis and drew allard playing each other for a, for an orange bowl i mean that's that's a big time game i think that would happen Clemson, i really don't see coming um i think the acc is going to survive this it's for a while it's touch and go whether or not the acc or the back or the pac-12 are going to collapse i think there's room for four big conferences in college football if the pac-12 collapses obviously the acc has to has going to stay the problem is though is if the Big Ten, Big 12, and SEC all get really big, ACC's locked into that media deal until the mid-2030s, 
the money in the other conferences is going to be so tempting to leave. Clemson's, I, I feel like Clemson would have to go to the SEC. They're right. I mean, it's 20 miles from from Georgia. You're right in SEC country. It's kind of an odd duck being right down there where it is. So you're kind of sandwiched between Knoxville and Athens. So it, for them, to me, it makes sense that they go to the ACC. And then you go looking at the ACC and who do they, who does the Big Ten go after if they don't get Clemson? Um, Pitt, maybe. Uh, Virginia Tech, I think that's another good football brand. But we're talking about TV deals. The one out there who has its own, Notre Dame. Yeah, they are in a great position right now because obviously they've been linked to the Big Ten for years. They're obviously having they obviously have an affiliation with the ACC, um, but they are in the driver's seat for their own. They can just sit back and watch everything go go after go on I and mean, i think that's great for them um i still i do think the big 10 is a, is a great fit for them like if you have if you add notre dame and they're following to the big 10 uh you know from an academic point because believe it or not there are still at, at, uh, academics that matter in the big 10 really um yeah right or in in college athletics um it is a good instant it's a ac- great academic institution um but then you Listen, selfishly, you add them to the Big Ten, and then you get a Michael Shrewsbury matchup with Mike Rhodes. And I think that is appealing at the moment. Um, because I mean you don't really ever get that with a Penn State coach because typically they don't leave to take a better job. Um, but you know, it, it's there's just so much. Now, for me, selfishly, um, because I, what I would do honestly, if if I were the NCAA or in these these big conferences, is I would I would have three, probably maybe three or four big super conferences where they're regional and then keep the regular conferences for the Olympic sports. So, I mean, for men, for men's basketball and football, and I would say probably women's basketball too, uh, you had the super conferences and then you keep the Olympic sports, um, the other non-revenue sports, especially um, where they're at. And I think if you do that, it's going to be cost efficient because let's be real. I mean, Florida state has a lacrosse team. They got to go to Washington. Like, that's not going to be cost efficient. And obviously there's a lot of money to be had in this situation. There's a lot of money that's going to be thrown out there by not even just ESPN, but NBC and CBS and Fox and and everybody. So, I mean, but you also have to be as a university cognizant of what you're spending and and what these are going to cost. Because I think when you, when you look at it, you know, let's take Penn state baseball, they, they're going to fly to USC and UCLA. Well, when's that going to happen? And how much that's going to be a significant chunk of change. Same thing on the softball side. And those are two sports that I don't believe generate a ton of revenue. Um, If any revenue at all, and they probably operate more on a loss with all things considered. So when that type of stuff happens, you have to kind of get, um, get fancy a little bit and, and, you know, get creative. And I think if you're able to do something like that, I mean, the the super conferences are coming there. You know, this leads me to my next point. Don't name your conference after a number. Um, I think that's important, too. But, you know, in the grand scheme of things, I wouldn't be mad selfishly if Penn State or if the Big Ten added two teams like Duke and Carolina. Um, you really bolster the the you know, you don't necessarily bolster the football front, but you bolster the hell out of the basketball front with those two blue bloods. Now, selfishly, that means I don't have to drive nearly as far to watch Carolina play, um, whether it's Pitt or whether it's at Penn State. Um, but it's going to help those other programs because they're national brands. And that's something that you got to kind of watch out to 
out for as well because if they're national brands they're going to drive attendance and they're going to cre- help create revenue streams you know for for programs like Penn State that don't always sell out unless they are really really good but if you bring a really good team to the Bryce Jordan Center life is going to be even better yeah and the Big Ten is not going to make the mistake they did when they brought in Rutgers right Rutgers they were trying to get the New York market because the New York market they thought was massive and then the Big Ten realized the New York market does not give a shit about college football. They're going to go after these big college brands where they have college followings. No matter where you drive in the country, you're going to see a UNC sticker, mostly probably because of the Jordan effect, but it's still a national basketball brand. Duke, you got Coach K, national basketball brand. Not anymore. So, well, you but still, I, know what you're saying, I yes. mean, Jordan doesn't play at NC, UNC anymore either. No, right. But they're blue, they're blue bloods. Yeah, they you get the blue blood followings. Yes. Yeah. They're so, national followings. And that's, that's the most important thing. And, and we're going to go back to them. Notre Dame is probably the largest national market. It is the college football program of an entire sector of Christianity. The entire Catholic church pretty much roots for Notre Dame, at least in a small portion of their heart. So and you mentioned their their ACC affiliation with football, like that's what they did during the COVID year and during the basketball year for football and basketball. Notre Dame is in the Big Ten, like formally in the Big Ten for hockey. So they mm-hmm. already have some sort of an affiliation with the Big Ten. So, yeah, I think football, basketball, they are going to go to super conferences. But, yeah, in the interest of sports that don't make money, that are mostly just leeches on the – that are relying on football and basketball to make money for the athletics department to then fund, you know – men's baseball at Penn state, like you mentioned, you got to keep those things regional because I can't imagine how many thousands of dollars it is to charter a plane clean across the country from state college to LA. It's not cheap. There's no way that's cheap. Even if you fly coach on a non-chartered plane, you're looking at a thousand dollars round trip minimum. Yeah. And it's, it's not fiscally responsible for a lot of those programs, but at the same time, you know, you got to do it, but it'll be interesting to see. There's a way to make this work, and and I it'll be interesting to see if the if these conferences do it. And I think the way to make it work is you have the super conferences. You have whether that's I I would say four. I think four is a good number. I think right now the Big Ten obviously is one. The SEC is another. But the Big Twelve is is quickly adding, um, and I think the ACC is kind of just hanging in the wings. Um, there's just the uncertainty of the Pac-12. I, I don't know what they're thinking. Um, and then somebody in in the Pac-12 mentioned that, that what did Colorado ever do? Well, Colorado was going to be your biggest brand this year, um, solely because of Deion Sanders. Um, he put HBCU historically black colleges and universities back on the map with at Jackson State. Like he is. Colorado brand right now so I think that was kind of ignorant uh, of people in the Pac-10 to to or Pac-12 it was Pac-10 when I was younger back in my day but when that happens um, that ignorance you know I think is going to come back to bite them on the ass and I think that's going to be a situation where listen it, they might not have done anything yet but they could and now they're in the big 12 and that's he is a name brand that's going to make the Big 12 better. And I think that's something to worry about. Obviously, the, the Big 12 loses Texas and AM or whatever, and or Oklahoma to the SEC. And that's great. I mean, good for the SEC, bad for Alabama, but 
good for the conference as a whole. But at the same time, you know, what's what's the ACC going to do? They have they have a lot of programs and universities tied up, but at the same time, grass could be greener on the other side. And so, who knows? The Big Twelve has a chance to absolutely become the Western Conference. Like, if you look at the map, if you look at a United States map of like the NBA Western yeah. Conference and the NHL Western Conference, it's anything west of the Mississippi plus like occasionally a Tennessee team, like in the case mm-hmm. of the NHL. The Big Twelve has a six-year deal; it expires probably in twenty twenty-eight. They just signed that extension back in twenty twenty-two. They add; they're losing Texas and Oklahoma. The the TV deal, the TV executives at the deal are probably kind of like on the fence of, man, we just lost Texas, Oklahoma. Big 12 is going to be looking, is going to be hungry for brands. They just brought in Colorado, but they have a chance to literally just scrounge up what's left of the Pac-12 and just make this massive, con- massive conference. And then the a- the SEC, the Big 10, and the ACC are all going to be fighting for scraps. Like The Big 12 has potential to be the conference that expands the most. So it'll be interesting to see. And you know, you get Colorado in there and they actually start winning games this year. People are going to want to go join the conference because there's, if Dion starts winning games and he goes on a 10, 15, 20 year heater in college football, like Nick Saban is on right now, people are going to be itching to get in because the money in that conference is going to be stupid, like stupid amounts of money are going to be thrown at these schools to be in the conference, just to broadcast the TV deal, the the football games. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the thing, you know, with coaches and players. You know, we talk about NIL all the time, but coaches—that's a—that's a factor too. There, there is a wow factor with Deion Sanders. He is must-see TV. You know, whether he's arguing with Pat Narduzzi or whoever, but it'll be very interesting to see how this all plays out because there's so much that's going to happen. I do think that the this is we are watching in real life the fall of the Pac-12. Uh, I don't know how they survive if anybody else defects and because then you, you you've lost most of your name brands, if not all of your name, your truly household brands. And it'll be interesting to see how they, how they handle that. But that's all that we've got for this segment. We will come back after this quick break to talk more about college football and some former Penn Staters on the third and final segment of the Lashing Out podcast. third and final segment of the lashing out podcast on the Nittany sports now network. He's Kevin. I'm Jared. Kevin, let's talk a little bit differently. First of all, you, you and I briefly talked about this in passing today. Um, and it fits because Penn state is obviously a Nittany. Their mascot is the Nittany lion. Uh, Dan Campbell coach of the Detroit lions wanted to have a live lion on the sidelines, but the NFL nixed it one. Could you imagine if they had a live lion on the sideline at Beaver Stadium? Uh, I don't think the sidelines are big. The sidelines are barely big enough for the teams to stand on. <laughs> you had all the photographers and the rest of the media on there. There's like shoulder to shoulder traffic on the sidelines at Beaver Stadium. I cannot imagine adding a, like a lion cage to that. Like at least at, at Georgia, they're doing it with a dog, Ugga. And uh, they got the hedges as a barrier between the fans. Tennessee's got their coonhound uh, mascot. I forget what his name is. Um, LSU does have a live tiger, though, but he does not come to the games. 
Yeah, I mean, I think it would be wild. That'd be really. I mean, there's nowhere for him to be, um, not even on the concourse. But it would be kind of nuts. Penn State wins. He lets gets let loose a little bit. Maybe see what happens. But um, speaking of Nittany Lions, KJ Hamler uh, dealing with a uh, heart issue um, was cut from the Broncos, if I am not mistaken. Um, and that just sucks for KJ. He's not been able to stay healthy throughout his NFL career yet. And I think that's that's so unfortunate because he was so dynamic um, when he was in college. But the Broncos cut him um, after, you know, he's dealing with a heart condition. And that's just that, that kind of that really sucks, uh, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, but I would imagine he'll latch on somewhere as soon as he becomes healthy, but you just kind of hope for the best for, for a kid like him, uh, who was dynamic in, in college and just has not been able to, to catch a break yet. Yeah. He tore his ACL. I think what is rookie season. Um, but yes, the Broncos did waive him. However, it was a non football football illness designation, which means they probably have intent to bring him back. So hopefully he can at least stay where he is, stay where he's established. I'd love to see him in a Sean Payton offense. Um, I think Sean Payton, I mean, he, you see what he did to Dar- Darren Sproles is, was, you know, more of a scat back, but KJ Hamler's kind of got the same physical abilities, quick, same, similar physical size. Uh, Darren Sproles made a living in the slot for uh, New Orleans back in the day. So it could be, could be cool to see him in, in a Sean Payton offense. So hopefully he gets the chance to come back. Uh, his condition is a uh, pericarditis, which seems to be just a, swelling around of the tissue surrounding the heart. So it seems like it's more like a couple weeks thing. Uh, unlike, you know, Penn State players in heart conditions, Journey Brown, his with his uh, hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. Um, unfortunately, that ended his career. But fortunately for KJ, anytime you have a heart issue, it is scary. But fortunately, it sounds like this one's just kind of take some rest, make sure that swelling goes, focus on getting that swelling down, and then you're back to normal. So good on him. And, you know, props Props to this is this is reason to go get your physical every year. That nagging heart heart, you know, that nagging pain in your chest could actually be something to do. So take it take it a lesson for everybody else. Go get your physical. Yeah, I mean, obviously that that puts that puts everything in perspective. Life is is precious, but it's you know it's one of those situations where hey, anything is possible, and it's unfortunate. You know, rookie year ACL tear last year dealt with a hamstring injury, while the the. Broncos are going through an absolute dumpster fire of a season. And, and now obviously this, hopefully they bring him back. He's only 24 years old. So he's still got plenty of football left, hopefully um, in his career, but it'll be interesting to, to kind of see uh, from for programming perspective, we've got Penn state media day on Sunday. Um, I will not be in attendance at media day. I've got prior obligations covering the Altoona curve for the Altoona mirror, but, We'll be able to have some content from there, uh, talk about some some different things uh, as far as media day is concerned. The f- football camp is right around this, right around the corner. Um, I think tomorrow ends up being the first, or I'm sorry, we were recording this on a Tuesday, so it would be Wednesday is first day of camp for most schools. Um, and it'll be very, very nice to see teams back on the field ready to go. Yeah, big show, big show that week next week previewing of the Michigan game and by the time you're listening to this you will be one month away from Penn State football tomorrow is August 2nd and Penn State kicks off against West Virginia on September 2nd so we did it folks one month away from the season 
We're almost there. For Kevin Quigley, this has been Jared Pruger on the Latching Up Podcast and the Sports Now Network. We thank you, as always, for tuning in. Thank you.